I'm always ready, Tommy. What? What? What is up? Here we are. Wednesday nights. This is why we have the Psalms. <clears throat> Tonight, Psalm 133. If you're here, prove it. Leave a comment. We need to see your face. Psalm 133 tonight. Okay. Let's do this. Chris Neal, she's always there. You know, some of you people are there every time. Every time. And that's impressive. I got to tell you, that's impressive. <clears throat> hey, Elsie and Kayla. Hello, hello, hello. So happy to do this. For real. For real. <clears throat> Glad y'all are here. And my mama is here. Hello, mama. And um, you know what to do. Y'all know what to do. Hit the share button. Hit the share button. Psalm 133, looking G forward. Sheila said, looking G forward. That's a new way to put it. Go forward. Wanda Scott Jackson says hello. And Tim says howdy. Good evening from Michelle. Brian Wolf says hello. Hello, Pastor Tommy, Calvin, and Tanya. The best thing about Calvin is Tanya. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Haley Jens. Oh, my. Welcome to the party. So glad to see you. Sheena says, hey, church fam. And my dad is there, too. So my mom and my dad are watching. Better not do anything stupid. Speaking of which, stupid, you're wondering what the heck with that hat. And I'm just saying to you. You need to get used to this hat right here because this, my friends, is a hat. Where is it from? The Northwest Florida Dog Hunters Association. They don't just give these out. You got to beg for them, and I did. Hey, I need to share this thing real quick. Give me just a second. I got I to gotta toggle over here to my little Facebook page, and I'm going to share this out, and I hope that you're going to do the same. <clears throat> and there we are. And Luke Williams says, bro, I dig that hat. Luke, I'd love to say that I'll uh, share it with you, but I won't because I don't want to. So uh, tonight's going to be fun. Uh, happy Wednesday. Malia, hello. Good evening to Miss Joyce Poole. Miss Joyce Poole. If Jesus had Joyce Poole as a disciple, he would have referred to her, her, her as the beloved Joyce because if you don't like Joyce, you have a problem. She's not the problem. Uh, let's see. Okay. And but so you know, we have a friend that's joining us tonight, and he's right here. Can you see this? Say hi, Brandon. Hello. Brandon is joining us tonight. I'm sure there's a way to bring Brandon on Facebook Live, but uh, I'm not smart enough to figure that out. So this is how we're rolling. So leave a comment and say, hey, Brandon. And uh, he's going to add some commentary tonight. I'm looking forward to this. This is how we're rolling. Psalm 133. Are you ready? It's, how many verses is it? It's three verses. That should only take a couple of hours. <laughs> oh, first of all, before we get going, this guy right here, if you weren't dialed in this morning, this guy right here almost killed me yesterday. Brandon Curriston took me mountain bike riding yesterday, and my son as well. And Brandon and my son both made it over the log in the middle of the trail, and I tried to hop the log, and at which point in time... My front wheel made it, my back wheel didn't, we think. It was all kind of a blur. And then the bike comes up and lands on top of me, and the metal brake leader lever lands inside of my helmet. It does like uh, a thumb, half thumb uh, size indention into the side of my helmet. Is that true, Brandon? Did you almost kill me yesterday? It, it is true. Um, I don't 
don't know how much of a part I played in this. Uh, but yes, you did have a crash, but uh, you're, you're good. You're good. You are the one who did not tell me there was a log in front. I, I could have warned you more. That is true. That is true. Thank you for accepting responsibility for my near death. So Brandon is going to be with me tonight, and he's going to interrupt me from time to time because I'm kind of tired of not having somebody interrupt me because preachers are used to it, and I love it. That's how we roll. Okay, Psalm 133. Let's do this. It's a song of ascents, and you know how those go, right? Because they, uh, they either wrote them or would remember them and recite them as they were going up to the temple. And we know in Jerusalem, they always go up. Jerusalem is always up. Wherever you're coming from, it's always up. doesn't matter if Jerusalem is like south of you. doesn't matter. You're always going up. Why? Because that's the place where God's presence is focused in the Jewish mind. So you're always going up to Jerusalem. Here we go. God, thanks for your word. Amen. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers, and we'll say sisters, when brothers dwell in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard. Maybe not so much, you know, dudes have, dudes are the ones with the facial hair here. So that's where the metaphor breaks down. It's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, the city of God, right? Yeah. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. I like that. That's good. And so as you have thoughts, you should leave them in the comments. And if you have questions, you should leave them in the comments. And when you disagree with me, you should leave that in the comments so that my tribe can take care of you. And you should hit the share button. Okay. Inc All right. A thought right out of the gate. And Brandon, you're welcome anytime. All right. A thought right out of the gate is um, this includes the idea of like your family, like the local family, like the, the nuclear family. It includes that idea about unity. How good and pleasant it is when there's unity in the home, among brothers, among brothers and sisters, when there's unity in the home. But it transcends that. So that's what we do whenever we're talking about uh, things that are deep, is we include and we transcend. So as an aside, and Brandon, I'm going to forget where I'm going with this, but as an aside, um, there are some journeys that you've made in your faith walk, and I didn't mean to say this, but I want to say it. There's some journeys that you've made um, and there are some things that you need to leave behind, some beliefs that you've had that you're going to leave behind, some relationships that you've had you're going to leave behind. But especially when it comes to like faith things, there's some things that you're going to include. You're like, okay, maybe I shouldn't say you leave behind, but you include it, but you're going to transcend it. You're going to keep going. If you don't keep going in your faith, if you don't keep going in the way that you understand God, if, if you think that you've got it all figured out right now, that's a form of arrogance that I can't even wrap my brain around. So you want to include the best of the past, and you want to transcend it. Include and transcend. That's how you go deeper. You don't have to throw it all away, necessarily. Hopefully you won't throw it all away. You'll eat the meat and leave the bones, but you'll include and then transcend. Some people, in the words of Bono, the prophet from U2, would say, you got stuck in a moment and you can't get out of it. We don't want to get stuck. We're going to include the best and transcend, right? So, I mean, you gotta, you gotta 
example of something like that in your in your life? Something that you've had to kind of uh, let go um, within your faith that you kind of moved past? Yes, and just I didn't one. just Not one. A million, just one. The idea that God is in control. Mm. What do you mean by that? I know it sounds like heresy. Um, the idea that God is in control. And the reason I say that is some. Pe- I, I used to think that God controlled everything that God was like a puppet master doing all the things. And what I realized was if that's the case, then why do people experience miscarriages? Because if you have an all-knowing, everywhere present, all-powerful God who's also good, why does that God take the time to create a baby that will die seven weeks into pregnancy, like happened to my wife and I? Not to go heavy on you, but if God caused that, how can God be both good and all-knowing? And Because if, if God knits together babies and mother's wombs, then why would God do such a thing? We live in a broken world. So when we say that God is in control, what we don't mean is that God does all things necessarily. What we mean is that, it, is that God is most powerful and then causes all things to work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So I can include the idea that God is most powerful and that God can do whatever God wants to do, which means that God can control but God out of love chooses not to control. So I keep the basis of the idea and I transcend it, right? So there are some things that you know I used to think that I'm like, mm, I'm not sure that's quite right, but I want to keep the basic of it and I want to keep going. Does that make sense? All right, so there's just one idea. Uh, let's see. So it includes the idea of the local family, the nuclear family, but it goes beyond that to the family of faith. So what is it like um, when a family is in unity? And before I go into that, I want to say your home, if you have children, is the clearest example of what God is like. So you are like God to your children whenever they're really young. Whenever they're really young, you're like God to your children. The older that they get, you become like their boss. Then when they get even older to being older teenagers, you become like a consultant. And then maybe on down the road, you become like a friend. But early on, you're like God to them. You're not God, but you're like God. You provide their food, their shelter, their safety, all those things. You're not God, but you're like God. So the way that you treat your child is the clearest representation of what God is like to them. So some people can't get their idea, their brain around the idea that God is a father because the father they had was a total schmuck. That's a Hebrew word, schmuck, schmuck. It's actually not, but, um, or uh, that that God has... um, let's say, like maternal tendencies as well, because God is neither male nor female, God is spirit, right? But some people have such a crappy mom that they uh, can't can't get their brain around the fact that God is anything like their mom, because they're like, my mom, my mom, she was, she was just a, a tyrant. My mom, she hated everybody all the time. So God, uh, your children are going to get an idea of what God is like uh, from the home. So that's important. So what's it like when a family is in unity? First, um, the, realize that the family is God's first institution. Uh, so that creation of Adam and Eve and putting Adam and Eve together, that's that's the, the first representation that we have of family. It's God's first institution. And the microcosm of the family reflects the macrocosm of the family of faith. So the, the smallness of your family is a rep, is in many ways a representation of the bigness of God's family. So if there's not unity in your family, if brothers and sisters don't dwell together in unity in your family, 
if brothers and sisters in our church don't dwell together in unity, then that impacts the greater unity that uh, is going on around us. So the, the, the little thing that's going on in your home is a small version of the big thing that's going on in God's great kingdom uh, family. So without unity in the home, there is no unity in the church. You can't have full unity in the church unless there's unity in the home. It's the reason that a whole family, W-H-O-L-E, is so important. If you don't have unity in the home, then that that's going to impact the church in some way. Why? Because that family is not bringing its full self. Well, you're like, well, my husband's not a believer. Okay, well, we're doing the best we can with what we got. There's no shame in this game. There's no guilt. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life set us free from the law of sin and death. However, imagine what would happen if that wife or that husband did come to faith. How does that impact the church? That child did come to faith. So we, we want the whole family in together because the smallness of your family impacts the bigness of the unity in the church. Brandon, have we committed any, are there any accusations of heresy heretofore? Uh, none so far that I, I have noticed, but you guys can definitely uh, call him out in the comments if you would like. Well, uh, let's see. All I have are amens and good evenings and hello Beths. So, um, yeah, I think we're good. All right. We're just going to keep going. The second thing, uh, family unity is like oil on the head. Did it say that in here? It did. How good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. It's like precious oil on the head. You know what that made me think of, Brandon? It made me think of Psalm 23, that the good shepherd anoints my head with oil. So you get those like scratchy places, you know what I'm saying? He anoints your head with oil. And so when the flies, you know, the flies will just, they won't be able to get you as much. It's also a sign of hospitality in the ancient world, in the ancient Near East, that you anoint somebody's head with oil. So I thought that was kind of cool. When people dwell together in unity, it's soothing. When brothers and sisters dwell together in unity, it's like hospitality. And I had another thought in here um, that if you go to the third, the, the third thing I want to say, so let's go down a little bit. It's like precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard. So unity... When brothers and sisters dwell together in unity, it's like precious oil on the head, running down the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. All right, Brandon, what's that What's that a reference to? Brandon did not study the psalm ahead of time. What, what are they talking about, oil on the head of Aaron? Here we are. Oil on the head of Aaron, I, I don't know. The robes makes me think... Um... Robes makes me think royalty. Robes makes me think, yep. uh, yeah. So Aaron yeah, was the I'm... priest, yeah. So high priest, yep. maybe. There you go. And, um, and what do they do to a high priest? Say that again. What do they do to a high priest? Uh, they would, I don't, know. I don't they would, know. They would anoint him with oil. Correct. Yes. So I realize I'm throwing you into this. Sorry for that. Okay. You can Google hardest question on Psalm 133 and make me look like an idiot now. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. My bad. So whenever a king <laughs> whenever a king was anointed or whenever a priest, whenever a person became king or whenever a person became priest, you know what happened? They would, they would crack a flask of oil on their head. I mean, not like the flask on their head, but they would crack it or pour it. And then the oil would go on their head and it would run down their beard. It was beard oil. I'll just tell you, every time I use beard oil, it's just a messy affair, right? It just gets everywhere. But the beard oil running down, and what does it do? It runs down onto his collar and onto his garments. 
So unity, this is cool. Unity is like a holy moment. I like that. Unity is a holy affair. When brothers and sisters dwell together in unity, it's holy. I think that the Hebrew word for holy is kadosh. I don't know. I think that's right. Kadosh. Can you Google that? K-A-D-O-S-H? I think it's kadosh. If you want to say with me, as they say in the book of Revelation, kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. It feels right. I could be wrong. I should have studied it beforehand. I'm looking to Brandon, the moderator, as we call him. Brandon, does that feel right? Kadosh, K-A-D-O-S-H? It does, but can you read Hebrew? No. Are you kidding me? I can read Greek. This is, this is what it gave me. So. Oh, my gosh. Well, if I'm off, whatever. So it's a holy moment. Ah. Oh. What are we going to do these days? All right. So I think it's holy. You know what else I thought about, Brandon? Um, in the book of Acts, it says when the Holy Spirit came, they were all in one Honda in unity, in one accord. They were in one accord in unity. And then the Holy Spirit came. So unity seems to be a condition for the Spirit moving among a people. I like that. Yeah, I like that. If we want more spiritual activity in our home from the Holy Spirit, maybe we need more unity. If we want more spirit activity in our church, maybe we need more unity. Maybe we need to pray together a little more. That'd be fun. All right. I like that. This church is praying. It wasn't a slam. Just thought. All right. So oil on the head soothes the wounds as a symbol of hospitality. Oil on the beard. It reminds us of the anointing of a priest or a king. It's a holy moment. Watch this now. The commentaries don't say this. It could be wrong, but I'm going to say it anyhow because I'm feeling a little bit crazy with my hat tonight. Whenever Aaron was anointed as priest, they uh, had some stones, and they engraved the names of the 12 tribes of Israel on those stones, one on each stone. So all the twi tribes, twibes, tribes, Dan and Asher, all, all the tribes, leave, they, all the tribes had a name on the stone, and Aaron would wear that necklace of sorts, up underneath his garments as he would go into the temple to make sacrifices. And I have to think that the oil from the head ran down the beard. And what does it say? It ran down on the collar of his robes. And it certainly would have gone at least, at least in front of, but maybe on that necklace that had the names of the 12 tribes of Israel, which I think is cool because it just reminds us that we carry the people of God on our heart. And when we carry the people of God on our heart, we're willing to sacrifice for them like Aaron did in healthy ways. And we're willing to pray for them like Aaron did in healthy ways. And we're willing to intercede for them like Aaron did. So unity is like carrying the people of God is on your heart. Unity is like the oil running down your beard on your garments. Unity is like carrying the people of God on your heart. Prayer brings about the unity that you need. I used to know a person when I know a person who used to whenever uh, she was in leadership over a group of college students, and sometimes they would have some disunity, and she would then then the people would get all you know snarky and mad and just ticked off and whatever, and they want to meet with her. And what she would say is, "Before you meet with me, I want you to go into a room together and pray for an hour, and then I'll meet with you." You know how many meetings were canceled because people would just pray for one another and carry one another close to their heart to God in prayer. You know how many meetings were canceled? You know how many <laughs> You know how many meetings 
You know what I mean? Pastoral meetings don't even need to happen whenever you're ticked off with somebody if you just go and pray with and for that person for a while. Now, sometimes you guys just bring them before the church, but sometimes a little bit of prayer goes a long way. Hey, where, where are we at? Tim saying, I agree with you. Tim, that was five minutes ago. I have no idea what you're talking about. Tim shaved his beard. No unity. Holiness. That's good. My mom says they were in a Honda Accord. I know. Sheila looked up and Kadosh means holy. See? She's better than me. Good uh, job. Good job, Sheila. She Googles well in English, bro. You Google in Hebrew. All right. I know. No. So where am I? Oh, let's go. It is like the dew, verse 3, of Hermon, which falls down on Mount Zion. So I think in my little bit of research that the idea was that, that Hermon is a place that had a lot of dew. <laughs> I don't know why they had a lot of dew, but they had a lot of dew. And that dew could apparently, based on where it was geographically, flow down to Jerusalem. And so the thing that, that I wrote here and that my little research came up and agreed with as well. Whenever I write sermons, I don't go first to research. I write the thing and then I, I confirm it by research or I refute what I've written by re research or I expand it based on research. But if you're writing sermons, write the thing first. You're writing teachings, write the thing first and then check it against sources. Let God speak to you and then go from there, right? Um, so just one more thought, by the way. I just want to give a shout out to our team and to all the all the teachers across the country. Do you know how crazy it is to bring fresh content every day? And you know how fun it is to bring fresh content every day? Like that's that's a great challenge and it's also a great privilege. And you know how awesome it is that you people keep showing up every day? Like I think that's awesome. So um, the dude from Herman, I, I take that and the commentary actually took the same thing. I was surprised as um, the abundance of dew is flowing down and it represents like an abundant life. That the abundant life comes about from unity. The dew flows down like oil flowing down a beard. The dew flows down. There's so much dew that it flows down. Could you imagine so much dew that it flows down? That's the power of unity. Unity in your home, unity in the church, unity in the kingdom of God is a catalyst, is a spark, is a switch for a life of abundance. You want to see greater spirit activity in your home? Get on the same page in prayer as much as you can. If you, if you, if you don't have a spouse or partner who wants to pray with you, then pray for them. And seek in as much as you can, in so much as you can, to have unity in your home. Now, in a family, I said it before, I'll say it again. In a family, we can learn, in a small family, your family, you can learn to have love and unity and acceptance. I was reading this morning in our daily Bible reading. It just comes to my mind. Um, what I find is when I read the Bible, the Bible comes to my mind. 1 Corinthians 13, and I thought that this was like the coolest thing. It says, uh, love bears all things, and then... You could take that away, right? So sometimes you get a role, like love, love bears all things, love does this, love that. But take each one individually. Love bears all things. And then this is the one that I thought for today was really good. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love is all about a preferred future. Love believes the best. Greater unity in your home become, comes about as you believe the best. You can believe the worst or you can believe the best. It's up to you. All right? So I think, I think that the home is the place where you learn forgiveness. 
It's where your children learn forgiveness. If you don't forgive your children, it's going to be hard for them to receive the forgiveness of God because you're the clearest representation of God. If you don't, if you don't forgive your spouse, it's going to be harder for them to receive the forgiveness of God in their mind and heart because if they don't see it in you, it's going to be harder for them to see it in the divine. So unity is that important. It creates the climate where the Spirit moves. Disunity is a climate, and the Spirit can do whatever the Spirit wants to do. Disunity is a climate that, that I don't see a lot of Spirit activity in from the Scripture. I know God's always at work, but it seems like that the soil where the Spirit works is a seedbed of unity. All right, Brandon. Can I interrupt? You can interrupt. All right. And I want to hear your thoughts a little bit. Um, just on unity more and the difference between uh, like really, really break it down and, and, and what unity means and what and why it's different than like uniformity, like creating robots that are all the same uniformity. Everything's the same compared to unity. Hey, can I ask something really quick? Yeah. A, a clarifying question. Sure. You first. Wait, what? You first. Well, I just I just broke down what what uniformity might be. So uniformity would just be um, us all all being the same. Um, but uh, I don't think we're called to sameness, but called to oneness. And so I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that, dude. Please keep going. Come on, come on. You've thought about this. Hey, and we need Hannah in the picture and your dog. Where what where are the Callie's Callie's here? Callie's hanging out. Where's Anna? Did I say Hannah? I meant Anna. Anna's here. Anna! <laughs> ah, there's Anna. Oh, wait. Show him Anna again. Show him Anna. There she is. Hello. <laughs> All right. Talk to us, you good people. Please. Tell us what you think. Yeah, I just, I just, I think, I think we see that, that, um, that distinction between, and you guys feel free to jump in the comments, but we see that distinction or we feel that pressure of quote unity um and we really what we're really saying underneath that is is uniformity right and so we're called to be a diverse people we're called to celebrate our differences and um but yeah unity unity and and uniting behind behind this thing that we believe that's bigger than any of our differences is some some of the things that i see in this scripture um but i don't know if you have anything to add to that so. I, the only thing that comes to my mind bro is uh we are one body with many parts right and so yep. there's unity in the body because we're all connected under the head which is jesus but uh jesus made us a wild and, and woolly bunch all of us different and so that's right. yeah that's why love is like the thing that we need um to appreciate the diversity so, yeah, uh, we've got a shout-out to Anna here, and Becky says, oneness, not sameness. All the body parts have different jobs, and the whole thing doesn't work unless the different parts do their jobs. <clears throat> Did you know? So the Jews have a blessing for basically everything, and one of the blessings that they say is whenever they go to the, whenever they go to the bathroom. Did you know that, Brandon? They have a blessing for going to the bathroom. I didn't know that. I know they have a blessing for literally everything. Yeah, so they have a blessing for whenever they're going pee. Yeah, I need to adopt that in my life, maybe. Well, you do. Here's why. Because when you can't go pee, uh, then all of a sudden you're like, "Dear God, just please help me go pee normally." Or I can, yeah, I can so I don't. That. I don't mean to be gross, but whenever you can't go number two, 
You're like, dear God, just help me go number two normally. So the Jews say a blessing for the for for thanking God that the plumbing works. Because when the plumbing doesn't work, the body doesn't function well. So even the dishonorable members of the body are worthy of celebration because you don't realize how much you need them until they quit working, right? Yeah. Some of you out there can go, yeah. And you don't have to put an amen in the comment section because I know it's a little graphic, but it's true. And I learned it uh, while I was studying with some of my Jewish friends, right? So, yeah, we need all the parts. We know I'm working well. That's good. All right. What else? Anything else? That was that was my one uh, my one comment or my one question I had for you, which you forced me to answer myself. So that's all I got. Well, <laughs> thank you. Uh, Sheila's like, Tommy, is this a bonus? Because we know that I do bonuses. Whenever I'm done talking, I just do bonuses. Um, because why not? <laughs> hey, this is so much fun, Brandon. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Sheena says Tommy hit his head pretty hard. <laughs> he had a helmet, Sheena. He's fine. <laughs> I hit my noggin right here real hard. Yo, I got this hat, Brandon, from a guy whenever I was taking the hunter safety course up into Funiac. And... Uh -huh. uh, I got, I got this hat from the guy who was teaching the hunter safety course. I saw it up on a rack, and I was like, hey, man, what does it take to be part of the uh, Northwest Florida Dog Hunters Association? He's like, well, you actually can't get that hat anymore, but I'll give you one. And, man, I felt like so much more of a man since I had this hat. I know it's superficial, but it is what it is. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. I actually haven't felt like more of a man, but I have kind of felt like more of a redneck. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's it. Thank the Lord for properly working plumbing. We had Kate in the hospital as a baby because the plumbing didn't work. We have a very unique perspective on properly functioning parts. Eight days on a ventilator and 11 days on the peas floor. Plumbing is vital. And Psalm 133 is awesome. And thanks be to God for his word. And thanks be to God for you. And it's seven o'clock. Brandon, you gotta hop on another Zoom call because our team is ministering like all the time. And now you're all gonna go do the thing with the youth. Much love to you all. Hey, before we go, hit the share button. Do it. It'll make you feel better about your life. And uh, I think we've come, as boys to men say, to the end of the road. That's it. Bye bye.